0: Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Deezer. Download, subscribe, leave feedback and a five-star review. Just find your podcast button. It's purple on your Apple phone. Tap it, hit search, type in ML Sports Platter, hit subscribe, and you will get new and archived episodes delivered right to your smartphone device. And anywhere else... On other devices, just find that podcast section and do the same. We are brought to you by Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax efficient retirement planning with Brian today. Make sure you log on to advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. Get your financial future in order today with Brian Conboy. A big tip of the cap, thank you as well to Camilla's Golf Club Western New York OTB. And our good pals at Rosie's Corner. In and around Central New York. Fish Friday. Get there. Mac and cheese. Coleslaw and fries to go with it. And of course, their pizza wing combos are to die for. Plus, they serve up hot and cold subs, Luna's, and classic American burgers every day at Rosie's Corner. They are also available on Grubhub. Like them on Facebook and follow them on Instagram. Rosie's Corner is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. So, here is my last... Because I am so tired of it. NFL mock draft. Either, you know, th- I haven't done one in full. But just, you know, thoughts and this and that and the other. But I'm actually I'm actually doing the mock. Now, I'm not like a lot of these other people who, you know, they've got to do a mock draft every day. It's just absurd. you got to do a mock draft every couple of podcasts. It's absurd. It's too much. People who do that, they get into... Well, everybody else is doing it, so I have to. Well, not really. You don't have to do a mock draft every single day. You don't have to try and be Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, You don't have to try and be Mike Lombardi. You don't have to try to be multiple people across the board. You don't have to change your mock draft based on the fact that you didn't like one throw at a pro day from Justin Fields. It's absolutely absurd. So. I just, I'm so tired of the the hype. I wish the draft had already happened. It gets to a point where you get draft fatigue. You know, and I've had other people, I've had some people on the show where, um, you know, they don't get fatigue. This is, you know, the bread and butter. This is what, you know, this is where they cut their teeth. Joe Biscalli came on my Bills Brawl podcast and said exactly that. So I understand. I understand that it's the lifeblood for some people. I understand that it's the, you know, place where some people... Uh, you know, really cut in and got in and and, and, and cut their teeth and, um, you know, broke through and they're obsessed with it and they love it and it's their passion. Okay, that's fine. I just get so tired of the constant what guys can't do, the pro days, uh, you know, this guy has this condition, he sent out a tweet four years ago. I mean, it, it's just enough already. So, You know what? I want to get to it, so let's get to it. Here is my 2021 NFL mock draft round one only. Round one, okay? At number one, shocking. The Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. I mean, I just don't see there being any way now with Urban Meyer there that the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence, a guy who everybody thinks at this point is probably the most elite quarterback prospect coming out of college, um, you know, since Andrew Luck, perhaps, right? Um, And so, you know, Trevor Lawrence, they're hoping, along with Urban Meyer, can just put a complete and utter jolt into that franchise and change things, change the perception of them, and Get them into the winner's circle sooner rather than later. So I just don't think there's any doubt that they're going Trevor Lawrence, number one. Wouldn't it be really hilarious, though, if Jacksonville was like, eh, screw it. You know, we're going to, we're just going to take Zach Wilson or we're going to take, I don't know, we're going to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance, uh, a Mac Jones, you know? Wouldn't it be hilarious if something like that happened? And then the Jets could say, wait a minute, you know, let's take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets were in position to be the number one pick, uh, to be the number one, uh, to have the number one slot, uh, and then they, you know, they started winning games. Uh, Turns out they've got the number two spot, and that's where I've got him taking Zach Wilson, the quarterback, out of BYU. All things point towards Douglas and his cronies in the front office. Um, you know, liking everything about Zach Wilson. You know the arm, um, the overall pedigree, the size, uh, how he reads D's. Uh, it's just that's what they like with uh, with Wilson. And uh, you know, it's amazing because Zach Wilson, literally, like what a year ago or so, wasn't even on the radar of anybody. I mean, a year and a half ago, two years ago, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> So here we go, and now he's going to be the number one, uh, number two pick, pardon me, in the NFL draft. Number three is, uh, you know, the 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 mocks have been flip-flopping all over the place, and this one is hard because the 49ers traded up to get this spot, and right away, it was Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. And all of a sudden, some of these mocks, like, you know, I know Chris Trapasso from CBS has got Justin Fields um, in there at the third spot. Justin Fields in the pro days and people saying what he can't do and and him falling and conditions and this and that and the other thing. You know, a lot of people think Fields is you know going to drop heavily in this NFL draft. Could the 49ers actually take... Justin Fields, I mean, all along when everyone thought that maybe Mac Jones was going to be the guy, going to be the guy, going to be the guy, was he the guy until they started looking differently at Justin Fields? The thing with the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan's running the show more there as head coach than John Lynch as a GM. Uh, all you have to do is listen to people like John Middlecoff and other NFL experts who know inside the walls. John Lynch is still helping with decisions, but Kyle Shanahan you know, puts pen to paper Uh, And finishes the deal. The thing with the 49ers is, I think the choice is going to come down to either Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and they're going to have to figure out do they want more of the statue quarterback? Mac Jones is not wildly athletic. Gone are the days of, and I remember I did shows on this, and I couldn't have been more wrong. You know, I always said pocket passer, pocket passer. You're going to want pocket passer all the time. Well, the league's not like that now. You got to be able to throw the ball. Of course, you got to be accurate, but you you need to move around. You got to throw on the run. You got to throw across your, across your body. You got to know gimmicks. You got to know spread. You got to know uh, zone and, and man. And you got to be able to 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 make plays with your legs if guys are covered and and you know, you're, you're trying to improv and be the athlete and go get a first down. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Uh, we've seen these QBs. Um, they have to do that sort of thing, and Mac Jones cannot do that. And I don't think Mac Jones will develop into that type of player. I think he is who he is. I think he's a statue guy. Maybe he gets a little bit more hybrid as the years go on, but I don't think he's going to just... Become a, a, a two way guy, a hybrid guy. And so it just, it, 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 it's odd for me, you know, Kyle Shanahan and, and the amount of offensive, uh, the amount of moving parts, right, on, on that roster. It just seems to me like Mac Jones isn't a good fit there. I mean, obviously, I know I'm recording a podcast. I'm not an NFL head coach. I'm not a scout. I'm not a general manager. But is Mac Jones really a good fit? You know, I mean, do, do, do you want him there with all those moving parts? With you know the Raheem Mostert to the world, and you've got you've got some young receivers. You know, you're 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 trying to to build around like a Debo Samuel. You've, you're trying to you know run this kind of a you know. You got George Kittle coming back from injury. Um, I mean, you have Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, I mean, you've you've got guys there, you're running this high-motor, really fast, fun, crazy gimmick offense with playmakers, and you've got a statue quarterback. I just don't know if that's the right deal. Now, San Francisco, they've obviously got to figure out two Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, this is all... I, I, I'm amazed at how many people have given up on Jimmy Garoppolo. I really am. I mean, I look I look at the injuries and know that's a concern. But I also look at the winning percentage, and I also look at the fact that he's 29, and I also look at the fact that, like, Orion Ryan Tannehill, who's had a total rebirth in Tennessee, uh, who was just in a bad spot in, in Miami. Could it be where San Francisco says, you know what? Maybe they trick us all, right? Because these mocks are a crapshoot as it is. Maybe they just say, screw it, we're going to take Kyle Pitts and we're going to keep Jimmy G. I don't know. What I will tell you is that Jimmy Garoppolo not making a couple of key throws late in the Super Bowl against KC really grinded the gears of Kyle Shanahan. And everybody knows that. And so, therefore, is his time run out for Jimmy Garoppolo, right, in San Francisco? because of just the Super Bowl, right? I'm going to I'm going to go with Mac Jones only because it seems like they've been kind of all in on this guy from the beginning and that's why they traded up. I, I could I could see anything happening though, man, cuz it's the NFL draft. I really could. Okay, the 4th spot to me is the most intriguing spot in the entire NFL draft because the Atlanta Falcons have to make a major decision on Matt Ryan. I mean obviously they you know they restructured they redid some things with his contract, you know, a couple more years and all the rest. But you can still trade him. I mean it's not like you can't, you know, restructure somebody and then you know call up someone else and say, "Hey, you know, here's this money, you know, against your cap and our cap and we're going to trade him for X amount of pick." You know, you can still move people. It just has to be the perfect situation especially based on money through the salary cap, and we know that the Corona situation has limited the uh, the cap, right? It's going to be fascinating. Do you go with a quarterback to groom under Matt Ryan or just replace instantly Matt Ryan, should you be able to trade him? Do you start going rebuild right away? Or... And that also, you know, who knows what that means for Julio Jones, etc. I think Calvin Ridley is obviously there to stay. I think they're gonna build around him. Do you go that route? Or do you say, hey, we're gonna run it back with Matt Ryan for a couple of more years? Let's go get the best player, at least what 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 everyone's saying and what's on film, what's on paper, etc. Let's go get the best player available, the best player period in the NFL draft, and that's Kyle Pitts. Put him with Ridley. Put him with Julio Jones. Make that offense even more explosive. You got the Arthur Smith offense going. Uh, this is the brand new head coach. The brand new, you know, general manager. Um, you know, do do you go that route? Um, and, and and I think Terry Fontenot, the new GM of the Falcons. He's a shark type guy. He's aggressive. He wants it now. Um, they want to obviously build their team back into being Super Bowl contenders, but at the same time, you know, they want to win now. Arthur Smith is a whiz offensive guy. Fontenot is a new GM. I think these guys are going to run it back with Matt Ryan. I think they're going to wait on the quarterback situation maybe later on, second, third, fourth round, go maybe find a quarterback up there and go for the best player in the draft, and that's Kyle Pitts, a guy who with the other weapons, how do you defend them? Pitts, Ridley, and Julio Jones, it would be staggering. Number five, the Bengals. Tough one here because do you go offensive line to help support Joe Burrow, who's also coming back from the ACL, or do you go chemistry, more offensive weapons, etc.? In other words, is it, I think it's between two guys. I think it's between Sewell the offensive lineman of Oregon, and Jamar Chase, the wide receiver of LSU, who, let's face it, Joe Burrow obviously knows uh, very, very well from his time, you know, winning that national championship single-season records across the board, the amazing year with Joe Brady and company, Eddie Ogeron, uh, crazy great players, right? Edwards Alaire. I mean, he had so many players, <laughs> Jefferson, on that team, but um, you know, do you put a Jamar Chase with, you know, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd and that talented wide receiver crew in Cincinnati, or do you go offensive lineman, a guy who could be a franchise, you know, literally a landmark franchise guy, um in 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 Penae Sewell. Uh really, really interesting stuff here to uh to look at with the Bengals. I think it's between these two guys, and I'm going to go Panay Sewell. I think the Bengals get some beef up front with a guy who could be a cornerstone, you know, a Quentin Nelson-type um, offensive lineman. I, I think the Bengals take that player, uh, you know, the offensive lineman from Oregon. Number six is the Miami Dolphins, and I think you go playmaker. They're committed to Tua tongue of I think you're going to go with a, a, a wide out here. And because the Bengals on my mock take Panay Sewell from Oregon, that leaves Jamar Chase available for the Miami Dolphins. I think it's going to come down to, you know, either Waddle, Jalen Waddle out of Alabama or Jamar Chase out of LSU. What's interesting is that Miami, I mean, look, Miami's in a great spot at number six because no matter what, one of three guys will be available. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts. One of those three guys will be absolutely available. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, that if the Falcons go QB, boom, you've got one, two, three, four, you know, with quarterbacks in the draft for the first time ever. Uh, I think Miami is going to go offensive weapon to help Tua Bayo. They need more playmakers on offense. The question becomes, if Waddle and Chase are both available, which guy do you go with? If Kyle Pitts should drop a couple of spots, do you take Kyle Pitts over both Chase and Waddle? That's going to be very fascinating, but on my mock, I've got Jamar Chase, a talented LSU wide receiver, going to the Miami Dolphins. Number seven, interesting stuff here with the Detroit Lions. Um, many people think maybe they'll go with a Trey Lance. I, I, I've read a bunch of mocks where people have the Denver Broncos getting up to seven, trading with them so that they can get Trey Lance, a, a, a quarterback, or even a Justin Fields, and then Detroit goes back to that nine spot. They're going to get BPA, right? Best player available no matter what. They need a ton of help on offense and on defense. So I've got here at seven, the Lions staying pat and taking Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. A little bit of help there for Jared Goff, maybe going the quarterback route later in the draft like the Falcons could to get a backup for Matt Ryan. Um, Number eight, I've got the Panthers staying pat as well, and I have the Panthers taking uh, Rashawn Slater, the talented offensive lineman out of Carolina. I think Matt Rule... Wants to start building uh, things, you know, from from the from the trenches here. And there's no better guy to do that uh, after Sewell's off the board from Oregon than with Slater. He is a behemoth offensive lineman, incredible mechanics, the footwork, the hands, the whole deal. And, uh, you know, you could probably mix and match him as well, play him at guard and tackle. Uh, I think he's going to be a definite uh, uh, impact guy, a big-time uh, difference maker in this league. Rashawn Slater going to the Panthers at number eight. Denver, number nine, Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota. That front office, going back to when full operations were run with John Elway, he's still there in a different role. They haven't figured it out since John Elway. <laughs> and, you know, they've missed on so many different guys, the, you know, the, the, the Packs and Lynches, etc. They've missed on a ton. i guys. got Drew Locke, is he really the guy? I think they're going to go Trey Lance, perhaps even try to trade a Drew Locke and, and do some different things there. Um, but I, I've got them taking a quarterback. Uh, they do need some help on um on defense, but I think, you know, Lance is there. Uh, you know, again, assuming he doesn't get taken fourth by the Falcons and then, you know, everything gets really turned around because then Kyle Pitts becomes available and then who takes him, right? Uh but I think, you know, at that point maybe you move off of Drew Locke or you make Drew Locke compete with a Trey Lance. But I got Trey Lance going to the Denver Broncos at number Nine. Here's where things get interesting in my mock. I'm taking a major chance here at this. I know it's a huge risk, but you know what? That's what mocks are. Uh, Hey, you know what? There's no credibility for everybody out there who's yelling and screaming about what guys can't do. So come on. Uh, There's no accountability, I should say. So if I guess that there's going to be a draft trade, yeah, you know what? Accountability? Accountability be damned. I think the Patriots are hiding in the weeds. I think Bill Belichick's hiding out. I really do. And I think that they're going to trade to the number 10 spot with the Dallas Cowboys, and they're going to take Justin Fields of Ohio State, the quarterback. A guy who, look at this condition, look at that, look how he can't throw here, look at all the things Justin Fields can't do. I bet you Bill Belichick is sitting there watching film saying what he can do. And if it's unrealistic to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back to New England, I mean, you know, they've got that relationship, uh, this is one of the last couple of drafts for Bill Belichick, so why not take a chance here to try and get back in the winner's circle and trade up to go get a quarterback, learn under and through, and perhaps take over for Cam Newton. I got Justin Fields picked by the Patriots at number 10 with a trade with the Dallas Cowboys. Number 11, Giants. I got him taking Devontae Smith, the young, uh, the youngster wide receiver, the stud out of Alabama People have been criticizing his size and his height and this and that. I couldn't care less. He's a playmaker. You can have him return kicks and punts. He can, he can burn down the field. I got Devontae Smith, Giants need a playmaker with Daniel Jones as well, a quarterback. They do need some line help. They get Saquon Barkley back, but they got to go get a number one wideout. I got Devontae Smith going to the New York football Giants. Number 12, Philadelphia Eagles. I think they go defense here, and I think it's also a best player available at this particular point. J.C. Horn, the talented corner out of South Carolina. I was between him and Micah Parsons. I think the Eagles go defense in this draft. Corner, South Carolina, J.C. Horn. Instant, instant impact guy and a blanket corner type. And you can never have enough of those in the NFL. The Chargers, I think they're going to get some help for Justin Herbert and go to the offensive line and get Christian Derisaw, the talented offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech. Number 14, I got the Vikings taking Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan. They need a lot of help on defense. I think Pay helps there. Uh, number 15 in that trade, the Cowboys, of course, moving down. Patriots moving up to 10 I got the Cowboys going defense and getting Micah Parsons from Penn State in that situation. I think it's just a it's just a, a best player uh, available, although a lot of people have Patrick Sertain Jr. with those bloodlines and all the rest of the corner going to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys do need some secondary help. But I'm going to take a chance here and, and say that they go linebacker with Parsons. Number 16, I'm going to go... With the Arizona Cardinals, I think they go defense uh, with Patrick Sertain Jr., the corner out of Alabama. An interesting guy to look at is Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC, because I think he's either going to be picked, you know, in the middle of this draft, or not be pi- uh, of the first round, rather, or not be picked at all in the first round. Um, I actually have him slid, I have him sliding out of the first round. I could see him going way up, though. I mean, it's just a matter of if the Cardinals decide, hey, we want a little bit more help for Kyler Murray. I mean, you know, you could even see the Dolphins taking him at 18, which we'll get to that pick in a second. But uh, that's going to be an interesting wild card there in the middle of the draft type to see if uh, if Vera Tucker would would be taken. But I got the Cardinals going Patrick Shurtain Jr. at 16. Number 17, I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips, the talented edge rusher out of Miami. He's going to go to Oakland. Number 18, the aforementioned Dolphins. I got the Dolphins... This is a really, really hard one here. Um, I'm going to say that this Dolphins team, a team that went uh, in, in at number six with Jamar Chase, I got the Dolphins in a spot to take a super talented player, an edge rusher out of Georgia. I think Brian Flores is going to try and um really get both sides of the football going in this draft because he's got a ton of draft capital. I think he takes Aziz Ojulari, the talented Georgia edge rusher, um with that pick. I think Miami first priority of course is a playmaker Second priority is to get major playmaker, you know, offensive playmaker, and then and then to get playmaker on defense. I think they need you know big time playmakers. They want to surround Tua, and they want to build up that defense as well. Remember, they give up a lot of big plays late in the year, uh, cost them uh, dearly. The Bills shredded them like crazy. I think they need to go get an edge rusher. They want to go chase Josh Allen. They want to go chase uh, uh, you know a uh, 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 Zach Wilson, right? So uh, I got them going after. O'Julari out of Georgia, the edge rusher. Number 19, the Washington football team. I got them penciled in with Zaven Collins, the tremendous linebacker, ultra versatile out of Tulsa. Uh, you can play him in so many different spots, and he is a major leader as well. I think that's a big, big deal there for Ron Rivera and the WFT. 20, Bears. How about this? How about Greg Newsom the second at corner? The Bears need a ton of help on defense. I know a lot of people have Rashad Bateman, the Minnesota wide receiver, going number 20 there. I'm going to go Greg Newsom the second. I think they need some secondary help. Number 21 with the Colts. Interesting deal here. I think they add wide receiver depth with a guy who can come in right away and be a number two or challenge for a one. I know a lot of folks think maybe they'll go offensive line. They could use some help in the secondary. Maybe they go with Caleb Farley. I'm actually going to go a different direction. I think the Colts take Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, out of Ole Miss uh, to help out there. Carson Wentz now there, Frank Reich, et cetera. I think they add to that wide receiver depth. Number 22, the Tennessee Titans. You know what? I got him going with Tevin Jenkins, the offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State. I think Mike Vrabel wants to get a little bit better in the trenches, protect Ryan Tannehill. Let's go Jenkins there in that spot. Number 23, the New York Jets. I tell you what, the big question is, will a running back be taken in this first round? Travis Etienne or Najee Harris from Clemson and Alabama, respectively. And I think the Jets throw the fans for a loop, and it'll probably get some boos. You know, it probably will. Um, But I'm going to take a wicked, wicked shot in the dark here. I mean, you want to talk about a blindfolded dart throw. I'm going to say that they go with Travis Etienne. The Jets, because I think they want playmakers. I think they want to make this thing work right away. You get Zach Wilson. You add Travis Etienne. You've already already got Jamison Crowder. Uh, you've already got uh, you know some other wide receivers uh, there uh, to to make some plays. Uh, they're they're working some veterans and some wide receivers. You know, kind of that balance and that depth. I'm just going to take a shot at this thing and say that the Jets take Travis Etienne uh, and really shake things up. Number 24. With Travis Etienne off the board, I got a back-to-back situation with running backs. Najee Harris going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we know James Conner now in Arizona, right? And so the Pittsburgh Steelers at running back, I think they could really use a back. Uh, am I a, a big uh, fan of taking a running back in the first round? Not really. Not really. Unless it absolutely positively fills a need times 10. Um, and maybe for the Steelers here, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, I mean, do they really want to have, you know, the Steelers' ground game? Do you want to rely on, you know, are you Benny Snell Jr., Jalen Samuels, a um, couple of youngsters? Maybe. Maybe, and we know running backs, you could use a platoon system and and instead of taking a a Najee Harris here, maybe you could go Caleb Farley, right? And take somebody like that uh, and improve the defense greatly as well. They do need more cover help in Pittsburgh, but... I'm going to take a couple of chances here and that the running backs go back-to-back, 23-24. Back I'll probably be dead wrong, but that's part of the fun here. Travis Etienne to the Jets at 23. Najee Harris to the Steelers at 24. The Jaguars get some help for Travis Lawrence in my mock. At number 25, I've got him taking Rondell Moore, the talented wide receiver out of Purdue. Help there for Trevor Lawrence. Number 26, Cleveland Browns. Fascinating pick here. One of the best players available on the board. I think they're going to go take Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the versatile, talented linebacker out of Notre Dame. I love him. I love Tevin Jenkins. Uh, excuse me, not Tevin Jenkins. Um, Zaven uh, Collins, rather, the linebacker out of Tulsa. So those are the two best linebackers in this draft, uh, in my opinion. I know a lot of people f- have fallen in love with Micah Parsons. Uh, love all three uh all three have amazing tape amazing amazing film. they're all incredibly versatile. I mean these guys can all tackle they're all leaders uh, they all can disrupt uh, an offense but uh, I like Orusu Koromoa, and 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 and, um, and Collins the, the two best linebackers Parsons right after that uh, and I think that the Browns could really use a guy like this to patrol the middle of the field so I'm gonna go Cleveland with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa at number 26. Number 27, right there. Best player available on the board and a need. It's going to be a want and a need. Best player on the board, Caleb Farley. I know he has some back problems. The cornerback out of Virginia Tech, but the Ravens need secondary help. I got them taking Caleb Farley, the wide, the uh, cornerback, cornerback out of Virginia Tech at 27. The Saints at number 28. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Joe Tryon. Um, I think they go offensive line here to try and help out. Um, excuse me, offensive line. I think they they go defensive line. Uh, the edge man out of Washington. I think the Saints really, really, really. Are going to try to kind of copycat some Tampa stuff in the division. Uh, you, you know, you're still chasing Matt Ryan. You're still chasing Tom Brady. You got to go get more defensive help. The Saints just are not getting to the quarterback enough. Uh, I know that there was a stretch there, two three year, uh, two three week period last year where New Orleans was opportunistic. They were taking the ball away. You know, creating fumbles and getting interceptions. But as that died down, the edge rushing just, you know, they were just making plays. They need to get to the quarterback more. I think they go Joe Trine, the edge man out of Washington. Number 29 for the Green Bay Packers. Interesting spot here um, for Green Bay, but wouldn't it be just like the Packers to take a non-Aaron Rodgers weapon and so then Packer people can go crazy? I'm going to do it. Christian Darmore. They do need a little help, by the way, on the edge in Green Bay. Uh, the defensive lineman out of Alabama goes to Green Bay in my mock at number 29, Christian uh, Christian Barmore. Uh, number 30, my Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think they're going to go secondary at this point and with Caleb Farley off the board, uh, with all the linebackers I mentioned, with Collins and Coromoa and Parsons off the board. Uh, is it best player available for Brandon Bean? I could also see the Bills trading up or trading down. Um you know, I think they'd have to trade way up and, and get way, you know, they have to give up way too much draft capital to get like a J.C. Horn. You'd have to tra- tra- trade up like 16, 18 picks. I just don't see it. And there's still some pretty good cornerback options, even with Farley gone and Horn gone and company. You could you could go with Melifanuo out of Syracuse. I've got the Bills going to Sante Samuel, the cornerback out of Florida State. You put him on the opposite side of Trey White, see if he can play right away. Number 31 for the Kansas City Chiefs, AFC champions the year before that, won the Super Bowl. Um, I got Jason Oa, the talented edge rusher out of Penn State, going to KC. And then the Buccaneers, I think, go uh, offensive line with Alex Leatherwood uh, to add some more depth to help protect Tom Brady. So that's my NFL mock draft. Number one, a uh, first round, I should say, uh, right in order, one through thirty-two: Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Rashawn Slater, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Devonte Smith, J.C. Horn, Christian uh, Darisaw, uh, Quitty Pay, Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertain Jr., Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojular, uh, Zavin Collins, Greg Newsom second, Elijah Mort, uh, uh, Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Rondell Moore, Jeremiah Wusu, koromoa Joe Tryon, Christian Barmore, Asante Samuel, um, and then Jason Owa, and of course, Alex Leatherwood. Fun times in the NFL Draft, Mach 1. By the way, how many Alabama people do I count in the first round on my Mock? Ma- Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, Devante Smith. Uh, who else do we have here? Uh, we've got Patrick Sertain. We have Najee Harris. We have Barmore. Six. That's seven by my count. Right, because I picked Leatherwood at thirty-two. So, fascinating stuff. You know, fascinating stuff. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be really wild in the beginning of the draft to see where Kyle Pitts goes, see what the Falcons do, um, you know, and then obviously the other weapons in terms of Jalen Waddle, um, you know, Devonte Smith. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a really good, fun first round uh, of the NFL draft, of course. And you know, what's amazing is. You know, you, you've you got a, a, a situation here with Alabama. I mean, what are they at this point? They're, I mean, they're just a football factor. You can't even say that it's QBU. You can't even say that it's running back you. It's everything you. I mean, look at the draft. Look at these guys. Every freaking position is is through the roof um, with, with, with this with this program. It's just absolutely remarkable. And, uh, you know, they're going to pump out more, more picks in that, in that first round. You know, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, offensive line, defensive line, uh, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, wild stuff, wild stuff. Uh, I'm ready. Let's get it on. NFL draft. There's my round one mock draft for you. The ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub, home of the best darn Angus burger in town. Go see them. Harrison Street in Syracuse, of course. The Power Play Burger and many more to try. They've also got awesome entrees. Great beers on tap in the bottle and in the can as well at the Al and Angus Pub. Appetizer, soup, salads, the French onion, homemade to die for. Get to the Al and Angus Pub. Gift cards are also available. For more, visit alandanguspub.com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Camillus Golf Club, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Stanley Law Offices, and Western New York OTB. Make sure you get to your local OTB this betting season, this racing season for all the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, everything in between, all the races up at Saratoga. Western New York OTB, go to your OTB, place those bets, Watertown, Rochester, uh, Utica, Syracuse, wherever you may live, Western New York OTB, and Batavia Downs Gaming, proud ML Sports Platter sponsors, we'll be talking with the handicapper and insider Todd Height often during horse racing season on this podcast, and oh by the way, go ahead and visit BataviaDownsGaming.com and check out their concert series for 2021. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.